I got love for you, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that, out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome back to My Guy Mondays. I'm your host, Cabbie Richards. Apologies for not being as consistent with the My Guy Monday podcast this year. The travel's been awesome, but it's been hectic. I don't know if you guys have heard previous podcasts, but this year I've been to Europe, getting some soccer stuff all over North America, collecting hockey and basketball stuff. We did some stuff uh, leading up to the Olympics. It's been exciting. And uh, hopefully hopefully you guys have been enjoying the pieces on TSN for the Cabbie Presents segments. And if you missed them, you can always go to tsn.ca slash Cabbie Presents or check them out on YouTube. Today we celebrate the 25th anniversary of the internet. And on these My Guy Monday podcasts, this is how it works. Three of my friends come in, we talk about sports and stuff. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about girls, the kissing video, college basketball, NBA basketball, UFC, and YouTube. I hope you enjoy the conversation, which begins right now. It's his favorite day of the week, and these are his dudes. Time now for My Guy Mondays. Back in the leadoff position on My Guy Mondays, I'm happy to be joined by Akil Augustine, who stops by from NBA TV. Hello and good morning. Thank you for having me, Cabby. Um, you're not dressed in anything green, and it's St. Patrick's Day. How dare you? I ran out of green. Well, How do you run out of green? I was celebrating St. Patrick's Day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, so I ran... I pretty much ran out of all green <laughs> apparel. You had like three shirts, a uh, yeah. couple pairs of kicks. Because normally, you know, it lands for me the last couple of years on a day where you don't get to extend the St. Patty's. Right, on the weekend. So I used the last three years St. Patty's outfits. Have you, um, how many pairs of green kicks do you have though? I got, I got three pairs. I got these really, really dope, uh, oh, some people don't think they're dope, <laughs> Reebok pumps. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, green yeah. and yellow. Yeah. Uh, got some green New Balances. Sick. And then I got some green Kobe's. Okay. I thought I got Kobe's in every color, though. That's my guy. That's our guy. Yeah. Before we get to any sports stuff, this is just a, a, an aside. A girl I know was in town oh, in no. Toronto. Yeah. And she's from out of town. Uh-huh. Her boyfriend lives here. Okay? Yes. So she's coming into town to see her boyfriend. Yes. But she's hitting me up to come Whoa. hang out with them. <laughs> with them? Yeah, with are them. You sure, are you sure she was hitting you up to hang out with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, come out to this thing, we're going to this event, or, blah, blah, yeah. blah, or it's yeah. like a birthday thing. Maybe he's a huge Cappy fan. Yeah, but I don't just, I, it just made me feel awkward, because what what, what, are, what, what, is, what are your intentions that you feel awkward? Listen, I feel bad <laughs> for the dude, because oh. no oh, guy but... really wants to hang out with his girlfriend's guy friends. They do because they're nice and because they're like, 
and they want to make their girl, they don't want to fight with their girls, but deep down inside, no dude wants to hang out with his girlfriend's guy friends. I don't even want to hang out with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever, like, if you were dating a chick, like, have you ever been in that situation where you, like, you're, like, forced to hang out with her guy friends? Yeah, I mean, I'm never forced to do anything. I just like to put that out there. I've never been forced to do anything. I was in a position where I, where, I, where, I, where I could, and I did. And, you know, I, he, they were cool, but, you know. Yeah, everybody's cool. Everybody's fine. But They were my type of people. Okay, but if you're, your preference, okay, my if, preference is. If it wasn't is, my type of people, then it would have been a, more, a problem. But the dude was down, so like, I couldn't really get, get mad at him. No, it's not mad at him, per yeah. se. It's the it's girl. The interaction. The, oh, the girl. Who's putting you in that situation, like, oh, man. Nah. Okay, then you don't, you're like, so anyway, I said. Maybe he loves her. Yeah, well, I guess if you love her, then, then you'll, you'll do whatever. Up, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if she's hot, then you'll do even, even more. more. <laughs> Jeez, I don't, just dudes, man. It just, so anyway, I told her, I was like, nah, let's, I just I just made up a lie. I'm like, I, I, I don't really want to hang out, because I don't want to make the guy feel awkward. Good on you, what, Cab. Because what am I really doing there? Like, you just sprinkle, sprinkling pimp game. No, I'm not sprinkling. <laughs> okay, speaking of which, pimp game, uh, you obviously have seen this video, uh, which has like 60 million views about like, they, got, they put 20 strangers oh, kissing, in a room. The, the kissing, kissing video. I saw all the spoofs too. I like those more. The, I like the Jimmy Fallon one with the dogs. I mean, Jimmy Fallon is just brilliant. Fallon and Kimmel are just going head-to-head. I don't know head everyone head. gives these guys credits. There's writers on I these I know, shows. okay. The, yes, they're writing staffs. Yeah, give those guys credit. Props they, to they, the writers. They do need credit. Um, or they so, go on strike again. <laughs> which, okay, which, by the way, the best thing to happen to TV was that writer's strike in, like, 06 or 07. Why? Is that what caused Game of Thrones? Yeah, dude. It, it caused Game of Thrones. Well, they have, yeah, I agree. And, uh, yeah. Television changed after that writing strike. We there are True still a detective. lot. Of, there's still a glut of reality shows, but yeah. the best shows on television are all the, the are all dramatic HBO shows. shows. Well, HBO, AMC, Showtime. No, Walking Dead went to the dogs. It's still a, it was still a great show. It's pointless now. Mad Men is a great show. Never watched. House of Lies on Showtime. I love. I can't watch anything that happened before 1970. Hostilizes <laughs> right now, but you watch Game of Thrones. That it never happened. What do you mean by that? <laughs> it happened in, in Middle it Earth. It happened somewhere. Yeah, Middle Earth, exactly. <laughs> um, so okay, so this kissing video, uh, you know, it's sixty million views, and it's it's really it was for a clothing company called Ren W R E N, some European clothing company. So they actually put like they hired models and actors to do their quote unquote first kiss. I imagine a company hiring models and actors to film a commercial. The, to indecency. sell clothes, yeah, In, just uh... the moral indecency of these people. <laughs> Do you remember your first kiss? Do I remember my first? And what was her kiss? name? Um. I do remember my first kiss. Her name was Michelle. She was in what the, grade? This was like when well, it was like okay, not first like ever kiss. But this is the first kiss that meant something. Yeah, well, well, okay, your first grade, like movie grade, kiss. It was, like it was summer going into grade nine. Okay. Yeah, it was one of those summers. Mine was grade six. Damn, Cabby, you start fast. I know. It, we were playing Truth Dare, Double Dare, Promise to Repeat. Oh, at I remember like, that. At like at lunchtime. It was Melissa Thompson. Melissa, you're you're putting put on blast right now, Melissa I don't, Thompson. I don't think her name is Melissa Thompson anymore. She's married as a child or whatever, or maybe a couple of kids, but it was for ten seconds. And yeah, I, damn. Yeah, and I felt like I felt like I was Superman. Like it, it, it charged me as though I could leap tall buildings and run faster than a speeding bullet. Wow, that's, that that girl got that good kiss. How many brackets are you filling out for uh, this 2014 edition of the March Madness Tournament? Well, see, I, in, I interact with a lot of basketball fans, and everyone seems to think they have the greatest model, the greatest bracket, and the best prize. So I think I'm in like 10 right now. 
What? You're going to do 10 brackets? And that's like $250 because everyone's charging $25. And I'm not going to win, I know, because I just never win. So you're, I just, won once. you're just filling pots. Did you actually? I won once. Yeah, I won two years ago. Um, the like our, I, I, I'm not... A bunch of people did a did a pool. Yeah, okay, yeah, and, friends yeah, or whatever, friends, colleagues, colleagues. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And we did a pool, and I won. How much what, was the pot like? Oh, the pot like two, three hundred dollars. Okay, that's cool. Know? But that's like just a normal size pot, mm-hmm. I think. It's, yeah, it's, it's a night out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, so uh, so you're gonna do ten. I was uh, I was asking uh, some uh, NBA players recently, and uh, Kevin Durant says that he's gonna do four or five. Mm. Um, I'm gonna go in uh, incremental. Um, Patrick Patterson of the Raptors said he's gonna do ten, and it because if you got it, and because uh, Yahoo, courtesy of uh, Warren Buffett, Warren and, Buffet, and uh, Dan Gilbert, out of Quicken Loans, uh, they're offering a billion dollars for the perfect bracket. <laughs> you ever notice that no one cares that Dan Gilbert's involved? Right, it's just Warren Buffett. <laughs> it's just Warren Buffett because he's the man. Uh, so Steve Novak of the Raptors said he's gonna fill out a billion brackets. And, uh, and hopefully, I don't think Steve's got time for that. I've seen well, how much a, he shoots. Right. He's well, shooting all day. <laughs> he said he's got a staff of 20. Maybe what he's doing is they give him a name. If he hits, he's picking them. If he misses, or if it hits the rim, maybe, then he's not picking them. Oh, so you're saying he's like at practice system. is when he's going to determine. Decide. Yeah. To I can't imagine picks. him having a lot of time. So are you, okay, of the of the 10 or so, mm-hmm. uh, is there a common theme as far as your champion goes? Um, are you, are you the common sh- theme over the recent few years has been Kansas. I just keep picking them. But um, I think for me personally, this has been a weird year for college basketball. I know a lot of people don't follow college basketball that closely. But you had a couple teams at the number one spot. A couple teams really have great runs. Syracuse was undefeated for a while. Uh, Wichita State is undefeated, but they have played nobody really, so that's kind of their. Yeah, but still, though, man. Yeah, no, it's hard. The amount of focus and mental preparation to go out there every day and compete is amazing. But they did play in not the weakest conference, but their out of conference was whack. But uh, I would say, for me, what I want is uh, no. What you want? Who are you gonna put in the finals? No, you asked me though. What's my theme? I'm going with seniors. I like seniors in the tournament. I like teams that are a little bit older. Okay. My boy Kyra was telling me Michigan State looks great, and I'm, 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 I'm looking at Appling, Gary Harris, those in pain. It's hard to go against Michigan State, so I'm gonna go with um, State, Statey, Sparty. I haven't, I haven't done any research Sparty. yet. I always, I always look at like the last nine games. Yeah. That's Excuse weird. Me. I thought research was kind of your strong point. I thought that's kind of where yeah, you made your I, mark on yeah, the every, game. Every, anybody who looks at me knows that I'm well-researched <laughs> and looks at my interviews and be like, yeah, this isn't just made up you on the spot. spent months on this. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't done any research yet. Uh, Patrick Patterson had a – he said he looks at how many times a team has been blown out. He looks at the number of seniors – he looks at like he has a, a, a nice list of qualifications. Listen, Patrick Patterson is going to end up working for Rivals.com or ESPN <laughs> when he's done. If he's doing all this work, I called. I said, "Man, you you're like Jay Billis right now, dude." <laughs> all he needs to do is some young Jeezy tweets, and he's good. That's right, and talk about length and uh, <laughs> athleticism. <laughs> that's but I like the young. I love the young Jeezy tweets. Does he still follow zero people? Yes. On uh, on uh, Twitter. Yes, he still follows zero people. I I know that there are this year there are. Uh, 24 Canadians in the tournament and there's a bunch of dudes that uh, I'm not that familiar with but I was uh, texting a friend this morning and I'm like I'm just gonna ride who'd you text Jay Triano no I text uh, <laughs> D, 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 yeah love Jay I text uh, Donovan Bennett DJ and I said, and I said uh, by the way nice interview with Lenny 
Todd Lenny on the on the hangout. Hey, that was a big look. Thanks to NBA Canada and my man Sam out there. Yeah, that was. I, was, I saw that. I was like, first of all, I saw your highlighter. You like colored that? friggin' uh, with the magic sweatshirt. sweater and the shoes and my my J my uh, no those are pennies. Yeah, my yeah, yeah. Pennies I, saw, I saw that you're coordinated. Coordinated, uh, dude. I, you they could see you from like the the missing plane in Malaysia could see your friggin'. Hey, I'm, I'm trying to be seen, man. <laughs> I'm trying to be seen. Well, will you see them? Will you see that plane in the sky and, okay. and tell people this where guy, the hell it is? No, man. I, that is. A, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving this rock of North America until they tell me what happened there. <laughs> I'm not getting on a plane. It's it's, it's trains. I shouldn't I shouldn't joke about it. And automobiles for me. You're like Tony Kornheiser. That guy that's afraid to fly. And I'm sure this just uh, amplifies his paranoia. Yeah, I'm Kornheiser. like I'm like Kornheiser or um. Who else doesn't fly? Uh, what's his Royce name? White? R- Royce White. Well, Royce White don't play basketball no more. That's his. Didn't, isn't he? On, he's yeah. like a D, with a D League team now, right? Is, is he? he? Yeah, I, I thought know, he yeah, got yeah, picked yeah. up by another team. Yeah, he did. But no, the most famous non-flyer is my man with the turducken. Oh, John Madden. John Madden in the bus. <laughs> With the turducken. Turducken. Not, not, not the iconic video game. No, not the iconic it's, video game. Or the Super Bowl <laughs> winning head coach of the, of the Los Angeles or Raiders. Or the iconic phrase, the boom, pap, or the, what was his uh, I foot I just call spray? him Pat Summerall's sidekick. No, oh, man. <laughs> I love Pat Summerall. John, of course. God rest his soul. Um, so... So we were talking about Canadians in the tournament at one point in this conversation before he careened off of the highway and collapsed down the side of the bridge. That's how, that's how it, I'm, okay, so for people, there's a great link on uh, Yahoo, on Yahoo Sports with uh, Canadians in the tournament. Obviously the Canadian with the most visibility is Andrew Wiggins, Tyler Ennis is in there, Nick Stauskas is in there. Uh, I mean, Nick Wiggins and uh, Chadwick Lufa mm-hmm. uh, in Wichita, uh, Wichita State, State those two guys in Wichita State, they're going to get some... They're gonna get some love or 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 some mentions. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I'm I told DJ I'm I'm just gonna ride with a Canadian. I just hope a Canadian wins. And I know this is my absolute bias. A Canadian wins the tournament. Even though I root for the Ohio State, that's my Canadian. That's my the college. Ohio State. Yeah. I will still ride with Nick Stauskas. There's a couple of good plot lines for us in here, though. I mean, Nick Stauskas. He could be, like there's word he could be a top ten pick right now. It all he, depends on the tournament. Though, yeah. No? No, a like, lot of it to, depends on the tournament, but. I watched his conference tournament. He played really awesome. Melvin Edgem, listen, Melvin Edgem, I think he set the record for single-game scoring in the Big 12 Conference. You know who some of the scores to come out of the Big 12 Conference? Yeah, Kevin Durant. Michael Beasley. Like, Ke- well, are, Kevin Durant. No, but, okay, you, okay, see. I now, go this, right this, to the pinnacle. My here's my beef. But you're going to the pinnacle of NBA. Yeah, but he what played in Texas. Fa- what you're not factoring in is Michael Beasley was a beast he in was, college. He was. Kansas he was State? a beast. He was. He it was, was him, a beast. Bill Walker, and their point Bill guard. Walker. Bill, I, oh, I, my gosh. I love Bill Walker. That guy man. had I, one. I remember he had one uh, uh, preseason dunk when yeah. he was with the Knicks. Or Celtics of the Knicks. Yeah. Baseline, coming from the right side. But. Where is he now? Wasn't that well, wasn't that OJ Mayo's dude? Is, yeah, that was OJ Mayo's dude. Bill Walker peaked in grade eleven. No, I'm serious. If you saw <laughs> so Bill Walker I. in grade, <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, I had a six pack. I was like 16 years old. I was like on the student council. Mm, I had a funny play at school. Peaked. Pe- peaking early. Oh my gosh! Now it's just <laughs> let's hope none I'm of these Canadians peak now. early. Just shut up. But sometimes Canadians peak early in the tournament. But yes. yeah, El- Melvin Edgem is definitely gonna make some noise. Uh, Brady, Brady's an NBA shooter, man. My man, Brady Heslip, out of out of Baylor. Uh, that's yeah, he, yeah. he's nice. I mean, I, I like that. I watched that Ohio State. Sorry, excuse me, Iowa State, Baylor game, and Baylor just controlling the whole game. And then Iowa State just Nas hit a uh, Nas Long hit uh, some clutch threes. Yeah. And Melvin Melvin didn't have a great game, but he was just solid. Yeah. 
But he had a great and, tournament. I, I think that Iowa State team is fun to watch, honestly. Kevin Pangos, KP, our kid, Dwight Powell, holding down for Stanford, Stanford in the middle along with Nastich. And then you got to talk about Jordan Bachinski because this man spent the entire year leading all NCAA collegiate basketball players in the block shot category. Actually? Yes. That's that. That's some love right there. Big love. Um, Simbular, defensive player of the year in his conference. Out of, New, out of New Mexico State. There are a couple of Canadians on that team, right? Yeah, Daniel Mullings, the player of the year in that conference. Um, and um, so I don't know. How, how far do you have Kansas going? Do you remember when he, have you Wait, you're, are your 10 Listen, brackets? You can't even ask me that because I got 10 brackets. I got Kansas going out in the first round, second round, third round. Are you kidding? How could you do that to Andrew Wiggins? No, what I'm saying because I got to play the numbers. If all these brackets, I'm going to win something. I'm covering, I'm hedging. Come Are Sonic you ever, the Hedgehog. Yeah. I'm hedging out here, baby. I'm hedging. <laughs> I got every team going out in every round of the tournament. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hey, listen, if Steve Novak does a billion brackets, he's going to have way more than that. So. That's true. That's true. He said he's got a layer, okay. which is which is impressive. Uh, that uh, that bit is coming out on Wednesday on TSN. Uh, chopping it up tonight and tomorrow. Hopefully I get that done. Yeah, the uh, Hangout's guys... coming out on Thursday on NBA TV. There you go. I'm working on that and just, you know, getting that done, too. Yeah, no, for, shout for, out to... If we're, no. if we're plugging in stuff. Of course, of course. <laughs> Listen, I watched the Lenny interview. That was great. I love that you had Strombo on your show. You have, like, some big guys yeah, on your I show. I once had this guy named Cabby on my show. That was a good episode. Him no, and it Tricks. Sucked. It Him sucked. and Tricks took over the sh- I didn't talk the whole episode. You guys were just going at each other. No, no we're, we're good. We're, this was, hey, no one wants to hear from me anyways. I remember we were arguing about uh, one of the arguments was Marcus versus Kevin Love. And I still... Who have fallen all out of the MVP debate and 100%. Now, and now uh, my boy Rob came over and made a good argument last night. He's like, dude, listen, he may, he may not be there right now, but Anthony Davis may end up being the greatest power forward with that skill set. Like, Oh, my gosh. Anthony Davis, 40 and 21? His skill set's stupid, though, because he's got a two-guard skill set. He's got a two-guard skill set with uh, center's body. Yeah, and and as Jay Billis would say, he's got length for days. He's got a friggin' highway kind of length. <laughs> it, he's really impressive, man. He's really impressive. And uh, how impressive is Joe Kim Noah? Uh, we we're, were having a again, again. My house is just one big basketball conversation with nice. my boys. So yesterday we're watching all these games. We're talking, and it, it, it boiled down to Joe Kim Noah's first team. First team, oh wow! He's first team NBA because we were talking earlier in the day, like because we're all old school Eastern guys. We're talking about Colin Charles and Jamal McGlure. Back in the day, everyone thought Colin would be the superstar because no one valued what Jamal did. Jamal set hard screens. Yeah, he rebounded. Like, he did things that wasn't weren't sexy, right? So now, like everyone's like, oh, Derrick Rose is the heart of that team. No man, the heart of the Chicago Bulls is what is Joe Kim Noah doing? So wait, today? Joe Kim over Anthony Davis at center? On, on work, not on potential, not on star power. No, but power. Just, we're talking about this year's yeah, results. This year. Like, the Bulls should not be in the position they're in. I know. Dang was but injured the stats, at the beginning of the though. season. Then he came back. Then he played bad. Then he got traded. Derrick Rose came back. Didn't play well. Averaging, like, what? Derrick like Rose didn't hardly play. Exactly. And look at the position that this team is in. With guys like Jimmy Butler is completely inept on the offensive side of the court. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've got players completely, like, Playing out of their roles and they're not exceeding their roles. It's joking. Except, Noah who's except, pushing. except for Mike Dunleavy, who's had like a second. He was a renaissance. I think Dunleavy just needed a situation like right? that. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think Dunleavy's never been bad. He's just been in bad situations. He's a, he's a consummate pro. Shout out to uh, him and his toughness getting back on the court after ten stitches. Hey, listen, that boy. T- he get it from his daddy. That's right. He get it from his daddy. Uh, the internet is twenty-five. Happy birthday, internet! Woo! Thank God for that. I got a job now because of that thing. Yes. Um, did you? 
Yeah, actually, my first foot, well, other than, like, you know, killing that Foot Locker as a shoe salesman. <laughs> Shouts out to Al Bundy. Um, yeah, no, my man John McCauley gave me a job as uh, the web producer for the Toronto Raptors, Toronto Maple Leafs, and Toronto FC back in the day about, like, six years ago. That was my first, like, full-time job in the industry, and that's kind of what started all this good oh, stuff. Okay. So the internet. Shout out to the internet. Shout out to the internet. A big reason that Akil Augustine uh, is on television because was the internet. The internet. Childish Gambino. Uh, yes. Uh, what's his What's his song where he's on the carousel? Three thousand and five. No matter what you say or what you do, when I'm alone, I'd rather be with you. Forget these other brothers. I'll be right by your side till two thousand and five. Hold up. Okay, that's it. I like it. I love that song. Um, give me your top three YouTube videos. Okay, favorite YouTube videos. Okay, Num- coming in at number three. This season's Nate Robinson State of Nate workout for Men's Health magazine behind That's the scenes a, video of shoot. all time. Isn't I'm a huge Nate Robinson fan. Why? Because you're also five six. Because I'm about to hit you in your back <laughs> with a brick, bro. Don't call me out. I'm five eight. First off, word bond five eight. Measure myself, not in shoes. Okay. Hold that. Bare feet. Team hold that. And no, man, dude. My, what? Of all time, the videos on the on YouTube, you the Nate Robinson video. You, you didn't even hear my number one. You gotta give me not some even one. dunking over Spud Webb, another grown man. You're nah. going with the Nate Robinson workout video. First, to me, those are YouTube videos. I watch that stuff on TV. I'm talking about stuff that I've discovered on YouTube and I've only watched on YouTube. Okay, that's fair. Number two, Nate Robinson's State of Nate workout Come from on, season one. Are you serious? <laughs> These workouts are real. This okay. This time it's him and it's Isaiah Thomas. But the backstory is Isaiah Thomas was drafted last in the draft that year. Like Z- the like the, the, the Hall of Famer Zeke. No, 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 no. Hall of the Famer. Little Lil Zeke, the new one that played for Sacramento. Okay, the new. He okay, was drafted last, last, so you know he's from UW, local guy. So that summer he was working out with Nate, and so they showed you the behind the scenes of their boxing workouts, their sand trap workouts, their gym workouts, and then the backstory is he balled out his rookie year. He was better than guys that were drafted in the top five. So uh, there's a little context to these stories, you know? There's context. All right, give me... Uh, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Sam, yeah, Cabby's severely disappointed in my uh, Am I ever? Okay, now give me your, your favorite YouTube video My favorite YouTube video, ever. only because I never watched this movie in real life, and the clip stands like as a testament to time. It's um, Charlie Chaplin's speech at the end of The Dictator. Someone clipped it and put it on YouTube. It's just the most inspiring uh, thing I've ever seen. Like, when I feel down, I'll go home. Wait, but does Charlie Chaplin actually speak? Yes. You hear his real it's voice? A speech by Charlie Chaplin, and he plays a character that's based off of uh, Hitler, and okay. it's called The Dictator. It's an amazing movie, but if you watch the speech, if you feel down, like you don't have control of your life or what's going on, you're just having a bad day, you listen to the speech that Charlie Chaplin gives to the people of this make-believe land, and you want to get up and do something. So that's my number one YouTube video. That reminds me, okay, I'm definitely going to look this up. We're going to watch it right after. Uh, that reminds me of that that famous, or I guess YouTube famous clip of some coach motivating players, and he's giving a speech in oh, the room. Oh, and he's like, and the man told him to meet him at the beach. Yeah, and yeah, And he yeah. came at the beach, and he told him, he said, you got to go in the water, and you got to stand in the water. That guy, yeah. And then you drown, and only <laughs> when you drown will you be successful, or something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, one. that one. That reminded good. me of that one, uh, which is great. And they put, like, <laughs> They put, you know, uh, he's basketball now. highlights. He, they put football highlights he's on He's famous that one. now. He gets paid hundreds of thousands to go around the world just doing motivational speeches. Because he should. Um, I'm going to quickly share uh, my favorite uh, YouTube videos. Um, I guess, I don't know if this is even on YouTube, but it was on 
Funny or Die was the landlord sketch with Will Ferrell oh, and yeah. Adam McKay's daughter. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember her name. Um, that was awesome. <laughs> that was brilliant. Uh, She's so mean. Yes. Uh, and then uh, there was a Skittles commercial. It was like one of those band commercials where some newlyweds are having sex. And uh, Skittles just pop out of everywhere. Right, so the climax is just a rainbow of <laughs> Skittles. Oh, what? I gotta watch that commercial. <laughs> and then on the same theme, because I have a dirty mind, there's a Durex commercial mm. with these uh, uh, these balloon uh, dogs, and the dogs are having sex. One's pink, one's blue, and they're condoms, and there's just all kinds of squeaking, and it's so hilarious. You, so you asked me for my top YouTube videos, and you came with your top three commercials. That you could have seen on TV. No, well, you couldn't. No, you can't see two dogs okay, having but, sex but on all TV. Your stuff is just, not, but you're just not on the Discovery okay, Channel. So you, you might as well just have asked me, bring me your three favorite commercials that aren't on TV. Okay, anymore. well, The Landlord was a sketch. Okay, almost. And but it wasn't even a YouTube sketch. It was a, it was, it was funny or die, but it's on YouTube. Die. But it's, so it's of the YouTube of videos, generation. So none of your videos are actually YouTube videos. They were. They're none of them. Not, not one of them was a YouTube video. Not a one. I hate you. <laughs> Akil Augustine. On Twitter, it's at Akil Augustine, A-K-I-L-A-U-G-U-S-T-I-N-E. You can check him out every Thursday on The Hangout, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. on NBA TV Canada. I do appreciate you always coming through on My Guy Mondays. Cabby is wearing a black T-shirt, gray undershirt with a checkered red and gray and green scarf and a really bright red toque. I'm going to the gym after this. Somebody get him a stylist. It's his favorite day. What could make Cabby feel this way? My guy, my guy, my guy. Talking about my guy. Mondays. Making his return to My Guy Mondays, I am happy to be joined by Sherman Hamilton. Welcome back, sir. Thanks for having me. You can see him um, every day that there's basketball <laughs> on TV in our country, whether it's on NBA TV or are you on our, you're on our channel too sometimes, yeah? I have been. Yeah. Yes. So the pregame show and the postgame yes. show, you analyze. Are you... Um, do you have like uh do you fall into like you have like your super cliches? You know like when Jay Billis is evaluating <laughs> evaluating colleges and we'll see it, you know, we'll hear him and uh I mean obviously the tournament is is this week but uh you know around the draft time in in June he's like he's got great length, great athleticism. <laughs> you know, it's always about the length. Billis always about guys length and athleticism. Do you have do you have those too sometimes? Sometimes. I mean, it helps. I mean, I'm no Jay Billis, but yeah, I'll use some of those words to describe <laughs> players. What what but say do you have like a, a particular phrase that you use sometimes? I try not to because those become crutches. Yes. So I don't tr That's I my try. Whole career, dude. Well, mine too, but I try to stay away from them. Uh, I don't have a specific, you know, kind of way of describing things like length or size or all that stuff. I just kind of call it the way I see it, and nine out of ten times I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but nine out of ten times you've been right about many things, uh, certainly in our private conversations about the way that I could, should <laughs> conduct myself and <laughs> certain pitfalls to avoid, which I managed to keep walking into those things. You're the man. Sure. You can do it, though. <laughs> no, I can't. I wish I could uh, let you guys know what the hell we're talking about. Um, so how are your Toronto Raptors doing? Like the well, month of uh, February and, and March? First of all, they're not mine. Second of all, they're Dude, doing well. Here. You're from Toronto. So I am from Toronto. Toronto. And the, the, you cover the team. I do. You've the, been doing it for years. I have been. I have been. They're doing well. I mean, this is a team that 
I think is very confident right now. They feel like they can beat anybody, although they uh, they just lost to Phoenix. But this team, you know, third in the conference, sitting at top on top of the Atlantic Division, they obviously have done it for a majority of the season. So they've got to be feeling pretty good about themselves. And I think there's 17 games left or so, and they're in this position, so they earned it, and they're they're a pretty solid team right now. There's nobody in the world that thought this no. team could compete like this. No, especially after the trade. I, I think everybody after Rudy Gay got traded. Exactly. I think everybody is was really surprised that it actually worked out this way. You know, yeah. you, you lose a Rudy Gay who's a guy who can put twenty five points on the board. You bring these parts back, but those parts become more important than the one guy who was leaving who could put points on the board. So this team is in a better spot, uh, they have a chance to, to make some noise in the playoffs. And depending on the matchup, who knows? You might see a second round. I was um, Terrence Ross recently did a, an AMA and Ask Me Anything on Reddit. Yep. And one of the the fan questions was uh, something to the effect of uh, um, what what is attributed to your progression or your evolution this year? And he said Rudy, Gray, Ru, sorry, Rudy Gay being traded yep. has allowed him to grow. And it was both incredibly honest and because uh, you don't really get that kind of honesty from athletes. But also very insightful because, yeah, Rudy Gay was eating up 20 shots a game. And that now those 20 shots can be distributed to Terrence Ross and, and Kyle Lowry and Grivas Vasquez and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it was. It was accurate, too. He was right on the money. Because not only the shots, it's the minutes. Right. And he's not getting minutes on the floor because, naturally, a guy who's proven himself in the league to be a scorer in Rudy Gay, you're going to give him the opportunities to play through some rough spots and Rudy was a volume shooter when he was in Toronto. That wasn't helping Terrence Ross, sitting on the bench, coming off the bench, having to get opportunities. And then the leash was very short at that point. He didn't have a chance to play through mistakes at, in the early parts of the season. So he's right. Rudy Gay leaving gave him all of his opportunity to play through mistakes, to kind of grow. And you know when guys know they're going to play? They can relax. They don't have to try I and suppose, force yeah, things. Yeah, they yeah. just kind of calm down and let the game come to them. Terrence has done that. Now, Dwayne Casey is like a, a defensive-minded coach, right? Yeah. Yep. How does um, Phoenix put up like 119, though? Was it 119 <laughs> or 121? I can't remember the, the score of that game. It, it was a whole 121, bunch. 121. It was a whole bunch. Now, the Raptors did get crushed on the glass by 19. 19? They gave 19 oh. rebounds. Oh, boy. They lost the uh, second-chance points battle 21-3. to so obviously, offensive rebounds are involved for Phoenix, and the tempo of the game was all wrong for Toronto. And uh, Phoenix, they have a potent backcourt, but you know guys like Gerald Green just went nuts on them. When you allow Phoenix to score and play their tempo, they're a very difficult team. And you talk about nobody expecting the Raptors to be in this position. Yeah, absolutely nobody on the face of this earth thought that Phoenix would be as good as they are this year. 100% correct. They're a legit team, man. They're a legit team. And because the Western Conference is so tough, who knows if they're going to make it into playoffs. But that's a quality team right mm -hmm. there. And if they don't make it in, they'll get a pick, they'll get better, they'll get younger, and they have money. Shout out to Jeff Hornacek. Absolutely. People, I'm sure there are people out there like, Jeff Hornacek's a coach? Yes, Jeff Hornacek is a coach. A good one, too. Yeah, when the Raptors get you know out-rebounded, by 19 points. What What is the next day of practice going to be like, Charm? <laughs> box, box out drill. Box out drill. Because in hockey, when a team gets blown out, like the Vancouver Canucks lost the other day. They gave up seven goals in the third mm. period. 
Like, I got to imagine the next day, and I didn't confirm this with any of the guys that I know on the team, but I got to imagine the next day you're showing up and there are no sticks on the ice. You're just <laughs> going to do a bag skate, and you're skating your bag off. <laughs> so is there an equivalent in basketball? At this point of the season, no, because it would be counterproductive. All oh, right, because you want to wear yeah. out their legs. Wear them out. Like... Guys are a bit banged up. You don't want to put any more stress on them. And this was a one-off. It's not like this was a consistent thing with the Raptors. So right. Dwayne Casey, I think, understands big picture. So he's not going to beat them over their head with the fact that they got severely out-rebounded. I'm sure he's going to make it a point of emphasis. But having said that, they've got to get ready for Atlanta. And how do you do that? by not beating up the legs of your players and making sure that they're ready to play against Atlanta. And let's remember, Patrick Patterson's not in the lineup, and he's a guy right. who can really help them on the glass. So there's some elements there, and I'm sure they understand, you know, full picture, all the things that are happening. I just think that you've got to forget that game, understand Phoenix plays a certain style of basketball, and move on to play another conference opponent in Atlanta who presents some similar challenges but in a different way. I, I've got to say that uh, uh, Sherman, as the as the host of uh, the pregame show and the postgame show on NBA TV for the Toronto Raptors, that you can help the team in this way. Okay, this is how you can help. And I know you're you're not necessarily you don't want to be a homer or anything like that. But when the visiting teams come in on a Saturday night, Sherm, you have to take them out in Toronto. The Phoenix Suns did not go out last night, man. I'm in. If you can bankroll it, I'm in. If I could what? If you can bankroll the night out, you got bank. You If you pay for the night, I'll take them anywhere I need to take them. <laughs> That's a deal. You want me to help? You got to do your job, too. Listen, listen. I I don't know if I'm that invested in the team. Oh, how, how much is a night wow. out with 12 dudes going to cost me? You're giving me the Michael Jackson right now. You're moonwalking out of this one <laughs> as I turn my back to you. Everybody knows that Toronto is a world-class city, and it's a world-class party city. It's not quite New York. It's not quite Miami. but it's And it's even in this country, it's not quite Montreal. But it's legit. For an NBA city, guys love to come visit here because the nightlife is so magnetic. And when teams play on a Saturday, uh, Sunday uh, morning, uh, Sunday afternoon in Toronto. Usually the Saturday night, guys go out and get oh, yeah. after it. But the Suns did not, evidently, and they're a young team. The Morris brothers, Gerald Green, you know, Bledsoe, Miles Plumley. Yeah, like those. You got to take those dudes out, sure. You're right. You got to take a whole squad of them. Go to Switch or go to Music. Go to EFS. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're right. Just give me the black card and I'm going. What? Give me the black card and I'm going. No, I have a. I'm a card. I have a black card. You a black card. We have black cards. (laughs) No, my credit is black. That's what. Markeith and them got black cards. Yeah, you're right. They do. (laughs) But you know what? That's been one of the biggest advantages in the NBA. That Sunday afternoon game, when teams come from the West Coast to the East Coast. Mm It's a huge time shift. Can't believe they. I thought for sure I would have put money on the game. The Raptors would have won. That would be a good bet because usually they do win that game. And credit, I mean, think about it. Phoenix is a team that's young. You're right. Guys like to get it going on when they're young. Yeah. Not when they're old. Have, well, it's much tougher. <laughs> so <laughs> I hear. Not impossible. So, not impossible. No, no, not impossible. No, anything's possible. Didn't Kevin Garnett say that he, after he a He really did. He and messed he, up the line. Yeah, he did. But and he also told her uh, Michelle Tafoya how good she looked. You, know, you look good. Yeah, he was sipping the champagne by then. <laughs> but then you get to, he gets a pass in that moment of Absolutely. euphoria. Not like uh, Joe Namath who wanted like, can I kiss you to uh, to uh, Su- Susie Colbert on and Monday Night Football? You're so cute. I want to just kiss you like wow. my dude. 
do not hit the JD before you go on TV yeah. to, to Broadway Joe. But anyway, sorry, but you're, you're saying. No, I was just saying the advantage is, is severe, and it, it's happened pretty consistently over the years. But I just think this Phoenix team, they're pretty mature for a young team. Jeff Hornacek has got them believing in themselves that they can make some noise. And I think they all know how important it would be for their franchise. First-year coach, Bledsoe comes over. He's running the team for the first year. Drogic is having a most improved type of player year. Gerald Green is having a most improved yeah, type of player year. He's had a second a second life. He's like reborn Unbelievable. In the NBA. Unbelievable. Jeff Hornacek is in the coach of the year discussion. Of course. And if Bledsoe doesn't miss all those games, he's one of the most improved player of the year candidates as well. So they have an, a chance to accomplish something special. And I think they're pretty focused and they don't want to derail that. So I can understand it if they stayed in. I don't know if I could have got them out, but if you said you were taking them out, all the clubs you named, I only knew one of them. You knew music. I knew music. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was it. Uh, well, you know. I said, I no, know. I don't. That's why I talk to you off air. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple of country bars now in Toronto that, are, listen, I it, it, it's a different vibe. I've been to Calgary and fully embraced the country. I've seen some footage of you in Calgary. Man. Man. I think anywhere you go, summertime. it gets turned out. It, can I just tell them? Can I just tell the people this? What, okay, I want it, to it's a very depends. clean story. Okay. It's a very clean story. Okay, we were in, we were in Ottawa. Yeah, we yeah. were in Ottawa for shout out Shay. Shout out to Dave Smart. Absolutely, and Dave shout Smart. out to the uh, to a Carleton Ravens. Carleton, <laughs> I call it Carleton just a dis- and the tenth national championship. Putting in work. Yes, so shout out to the Ravens and uh, and Dave Smart in that Absolutely. program. Absolutely. On a side note, he's the best coach in this country. Yeah, like, think about it. He's just I mean, domination. Shout out to Coach K, Coach K, yeah, who who was uh, a, a well, that's generation my man before. Too. That's my man. Dave yeah. Smart, but absolutely, Dave Smart is is the is the Mike Krzyzewski of Absolutely. Canadian basketball. Absolutely. All right, so we were in Ottawa, <laughs> and we were covering March Madness. Mm-hmm. Finished it, well, CIS version of March Madness. Yes. And we finished, and we're there the last night, and I happened to go out with Cabby, and it was unreal that a club owner opened up the club just for Cabby and a few of his friends. I don't think that's true. I think we were Dude. there. I think we were already there, and they just they just stayed open. We nope. didn't like go arrive there at like two thirty, and they opened up the club. It was pretty close to two thirty. No, okay, but yeah, and a, you walked, and you basically knew the guy, and maybe it was they were going to shut it down, and you said, "Hey, we're here," and he kept <laughs> it open. I don't know what it was. All I know was there was a whole club at our disposal. Speaking of the mic. Don't don't put your mouth away from the mic. I, I you just, know exactly what I'm talking about. What, what, that you told think, the DJ what to play. <laughs> the dance floor was all yours. You did what you wanted. I was a little aggressive. You did what you wanted. Didn't Dave Smart dance that night? Dave Smart danced. Well, he won again, so yeah, why not? Yeah, he was, yeah, he was in a good mood. But that's how you roll. So when it comes to partying, Cap, if you say... I don't have it like that anymore. If I had it like that, I don't have it like that anymore. You're such a liar, man. It's the truth. We haven't gone out in a while, Sherm. We haven't even. Because I can't hang. Well, because you're on the road all the time. You're on the road 41 games a year with the Raptors. So, like, for so if the season's eight months, you're gone for four of those eight months. I'm older now, Cappy. I can't. I can't. There's still a lot of wisdom for you to give (laughs) to this young man. So you mentioned you mentioned Patrick Patterson. Oh, you know what? You know what the Phoenix was on Saturday night. They were at Real Sports. Um, some of them watching uh, Iowa State, the Big 12 championship game. Yes. Iowa State play Baylor. Yes. There are like four or five 
like staff on Phoenix Suns that went to Iowa State. So they're like, we get you know, mm. so we took care of like they they sat in the lounge or whatever and they watched the game. So that's so they had an early night. The game was on at nine nine p.m. on on TSN and and over by like eleven eleven thirty max because college games are like two hours. Like boom boom. Um, so that's that's what they didn't it's go a good out. game. It was a great I game. actually played against Fred Hoiberg, the head coach of Iowa State, when he played at Iowa State. Really? Yeah. Shout out to VCU. Yeah. But you, are you guys? You guys aren't the. What was the year that was it? Last or two years ago that you guys had that run? Did, it might have been three. Three years ago. Yeah. Did you guys and VCU made it to the Final Four. Absolutely. Final, Final Four. Four and lost to Butler. Butler went nuts from the three-point line. Right. Championship game. Butler couldn't throw it in the ocean. Was that the game? They lost to Duke, right? Butler? Mm. I feel like they lost on like a you buzzer be right. beater. Like I like Gordon Haywood had a chance. Yeah, he had a, he had a heave from half court that yeah. nearly went in. Yeah. It was that ah, okay. That yeah. was that year. Uh, have you been watching that? Have you been watching that much uh, college basketball leading up to I, the tournament? I have. It's it's very inundating though. There's so much basketball, yeah. com- but I love conference tournament time. Like that's the best buildup. To March Madness, yeah. watching all these conference tournaments go down and seeing these teams just get it done, and there's just as much emotion there. You know, you've played all year in a conference, and you get that W, and you host the conference trophy. That's amazing. That is a big. That's big. Did you guys win our conference? We what? did. We won our conference, the Colonial. The Colonial. Yeah. Ah, who else is in that division? I'm I'm unfamiliar. It's it's broken up now. It's not the same. Oh, it isn't. Yeah, it's not the same now. It's 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 just a different conference now. I was um I'm working on this piece that will air on on Wednesday on TSN for March Madness and. Um, I was fortunate to, uh, so some of the guys in the feature, so Patrick Patterson, who is my new favorite, my new favorite Raptors interview are Patrick Patterson and Kyle Lowry. They, we did a, recently did a Papa Shot segment. You guys can see it on YouTube or tsn.ca. It's and, funny. It's oh, real you, funny. Man. Thank you. Kyle, Kyle and Patrick were amazing. But I asked, so, so in this new March Madness piece, I got... Patrick Patterson, Steve Novak from the who both guys have so much personality. Yes. They're not the stars of the team, but they're great interviews. I got uh, Eric Bledsoe and Miles Plumley from uh, the Phoenix because Miles went to Duke, uh, Bledsoe went to Kentucky, yep. and then I was in Oklahoma City last week. I got uh, Robert Sacre, uh, Canadian Gonzaga, and Steve Nash, obviously a Canadian uh, icon, Santa Clara, and I got uh, Jeremy Lamb who went to UConn. All these like guys from like like big. Uh, American mm-hmm. colleges. Uh, uh, Jeremy Lamb, um, Nick Collison, Kansas, and then I got Kevin Durant, K- uh, Texas. Um, but one of the questions I asked them was, when you're filling out your bracket, and I'm, I'm going to ask you the same question, Sherm, and you're not that familiar with a team, do you pick the team based on the team's name to advance <laughs> like a Robert Morris or a Stephen F. Austin or a George Washington or Florida Gulf Coast last year's Cinderella <laughs> yeah, story? Yeah. Like, or, you know, whenever I see, and I don't think they're going to make the tournament this year, but when I see, when I see uh, like a Valparaiso or, uh, or oh, this year, uh, uh, San Diego State, North Dakota State, I'm yeah. like, yeah, you know what? They could probably win one or two. I usually advance those teams and end up messing up my bracket. Don't worry, everyone's bracket's messed up, and anybody who says, "Oh, I got this right," you're lying. Whatever. Uh, do you I don't. Do that I don't sometimes? do it. I, I don't do it like that. I usually do it based on who they're playing. You know, so if a, if a one seed is playing a team like you said, Valparaiso, and I like that one seed, I'm going with the one seed. Yeah, but it's it's the tricky ones. Like it's the it's like the twelve five, the eleven six. Well, you, you go know, for upsets. Up twelve fives, you go for upsets. Of course, but that's seven. T- but there's a science. Like the seven ten. You know the the. Uh, um, you know the eight nine, obviously, like those are those are some of the tricky ones. You go with your gut. When you look at those matchups, 
the first thing that comes to your mind, you got to go with. Really? Just the like, first, just like that. If you second guess it, it's going to be wrong. <laughs> the first thing that goes comes to your mind, you got to go with, especially when you don't know the right. teams. You just got to look at the situation and say, for whatever reason, I'm going with A. And roll with it. How many brackets do you fill out, you personally? Uh, I fill out one. Just one? I fill out one. I don't How enter into anything. Uh if you're doing a pencil, you don't really have to worry about it. You just kind of, yeah, you know. I, I, honestly, I do one bracket, but when I do it, I'll, I'll start a bracket probably tomorrow. Okay. By the time the tournament starts, I'll make a few changes. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but I think that you know when the tournament happens, it's not about how many you get right. It's about where you are in the Elite Eight, Final Four. Right. Are your teams big points? Are your teams still there? Yeah. And you just got to get those right. How many emotional picks do you make? Well, VCU at times was an emotional pick. <laughs> I, I ain't going to lie. Virginia Commonwealth. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but there are some emotional picks out there. I mean, I think if you like a team, you like certain players, like sometimes people are a bit more emotional with the Canadians involved yeah, in the I'm tournament. Yeah, I'm 100% Kansas, yeah. Iowa State. Uh, I'm going, you know, I'm yeah, I'm riding with Andrew Wiggins. I'm gonna ride, even though I'm a the Ohio State guy. I'm gonna ride with Nick Stauskas yeah. a little bit. Yeah, Michigan. give him the love. You Absolutely. Know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna ride with, uh, you know, see how Baylor. I don't, I don't know how many teams will come out of the Big Twelve, but um, I'm gonna ride with some of my Canadians. I, I'm obviously gonna ride with Tyler Ennis at Syracuse. You know, see how I, I have do. some emotional picks, man. You got to though. That's what the tournament's about, man. But it is hands down the best time of the year. For pure basketball, agreed. Like it's it's ridiculous. I played in the tournament, and one thing that is clear is that everything that happens in that tournament is raw. Like you don't script this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, in professional sports, some of it kind of best reality TV. It's it's the you you hit it right there. It's the best reality TV, and it kind of it blows me away when people say, "Oh, I didn't want to see that guy lying on half court crying." That's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that might be gone. I, you let it all out, man. Yeah. You let it all out. Uh, where do you think Adam Morrison is right now? He let it all out, and he's out. <laughs> <laughs> he's out. But you know what? He was overrated. I, I thought he was a guy who, who just got to where he was based on volume, and he got exposed when he got to the league. You know, it's and yeah, people were making fun of him because he was crying. But <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a moment when uh, the the Lakers won the their NBA championship in 2009 I was in Orlando and I was interviewing Kobe Bryant and it was the at the end of the media session and Allison Bogley of the Lakers went in and grabbed Kobe for me and she's like hey Cabby's out here so uh you know Kobe always says he's like when he sees like what's up cabster I'm like hi bean and then we had this conversation <laughs> in that high-pitched voice yeah that's exactly <laughs> I was like, hi bean <laughs> So, and I call him Bean. I'm like, hey, Bean, uh, whatever. So, uh, and just, hey, Capster. Um, but in the middle of our conversation, Adam Morrison walked by and Kobe's like, Adam! Adam! <laughs> just messing with the guy. Like, Adam Morrison has two NBA rings. Two NBA yeah. championship rings with those two Lakers teams. That's right. Wearing street clothes. <laughs> 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 My guy's at a JC Penny. Who's at JC Penny this weekend, son? Yo, jeans are forty percent off, dude. You asked me for a two for one deal. <laughs> we're okay, and we're poking fun at this wrong. guy. See, and, this is know, what happens. All this kind of stuff happens, man. You think, you think he still has that dirty porn stash? <laughs> 
that that like he had that March Movember that just was just so grimy and just oily. It was a bad look all around. <laughs> oh, and it wasn't the seventies that made it even worse. Oh, it's kind of it's kind of it's sort of awesome in its own little way that he just he just repped it. Just uh, not really. Well, kind of, but like you're holding on to this like like a thirteen year old peach fuzz kind of a mustache. That looks super greasy, but you're holding on to it like, yo, I'm gonna ride with this look. This is my look, Un- unapologetically. So in a way, it's kind of awesome. That is so authentic. That kind of says all you need to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing, uh, you said there's 17 ish games left in the NBA season. Uh, Raptors currently uh, third in the Atlantic, third in the Eastern Conference, uh, first in the Atlantic Division. Um, which team scares you more as an opponent in the first round, Chicago mm. or Brooklyn, if the Raptors end up pairing up against one of those two teams? I've had a lot of debate with people about this. I personally think Chicago's a tough matchup. They're just so grimy so defensively. Chicago be tougher than Brooklyn. I for think the so. Raptors. I think, but we're talking about like one A and one B. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. Both will be tough. Absolutely. I, I just think Chicago is so grimy. They know how to do it, man. They play defense. They foul you every possession and dare the refs to call it, and the refs can't call it, so they get away with fouling. And I think with Brooklyn, they have so many vets. Vets get calls in the playoffs. And the Raptors, I think, in a situation like that, would have the Brooklyn Five against them and maybe a ref or two. Mm. And it'll be difficult to beat those two teams. Having said that, if it's just straight ball, it's going to be tougher to beat the Chicago Bulls because they grind you to a halt. They force you to play their style. Brooklyn's not as good defensively, but they're very good. And Chicago is a team, and Joakim Noah is one of my favorite players in the NBA. Why? Because he... He kind of embodies everything you want from a leader. I like the fact that he knows how to play the game of basketball. He's a cerebral player. He's athletic. He can pass the ball. He's got the worst-looking shot in the NBA, but it goes <laughs> in sometimes. And his energy level, like you can't match his energy level. And I think when you have a leader like that who plays on that level every day, players in the locker room respect that, and they don't want to let that guy down. So mm. they raise their level to compete with him. And when he's leading the charge, you know he's going to take blows and he's not going to take a step back. I think that's all you want in a leader. You want a guy who can really, I think, determine a game based on his will. That's what Joe Kim Noah can do. I like his toughness, too, and I like that he doesn't give an F. Like, I love and it. And I love that he challenges. Like, they they love playing against Miami because it's like that playoff atmosphere, and they're now – that's like the new best rivalry in the in the East. I know Indiana took the the heat to the seventh game, seven games, but there's a certain energy, a certain uh, uh, griminess uh, uh, when the Bulls play the heat. 100%. 100%. And Joakim Noah is the heart of that griminess. Yeah. And I'll say this. As much as he may run his mouth off, he's not a guy who's afraid to stand in front of the camera after things go down and deal with the results. Whether they win or lose, he's going to talk about it. He might say they lost because the other team got lucky. (laughs) But that's the kind of griminess you like, a guy who's never going to say die. I think Joe Kim Noah embodies all of that. And I think that because of that, that team is tough. Now, having said that, they've got players who can get it done. You know, Coach Tom Thibodeau, he's a a demanding coach. Also should be in the conversation for coach of the year. Absolutely. No Derrick Rose, no Luol Deng. Chicago is like fourth in the Eastern Conference. Amazing. So that team to me is difficult. And and uh, 
as much as I think Brooklyn is is a team that's on the rise right now, I think Chicago presents a bit more of a challenge if you're the Raptors in the playoffs first round. And Chicago knows how to win without main guys. They know how to win. So they scare me. But I think the best matchup right now, looking at the standings, I'd say you'd probably want to get a Washington at this point. Uh, depending if Charlotte moves up. Charlotte's a difficult team as well, but I think Washington right now will be the best matchup for the Toronto Raptors. For the Toronto Raptors. In the first round. In the, the first round, yeah, absolutely. Sherman Hamilton on Twitter. It's at Sherman Hamilton. Can you start tweeting more? I do like when you tweet during the game because I can follow that. And I'm like, okay, I like your insight. But you don't tweet enough, dude. You're right. You're right. You know, you, I need to go to a Twitter class. I will give one to you. I need it. I, all of it. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. What, what else is out there? Like, I don't even know what's going on. Uh, well, news source. Reddit's really good for news. Okay. And then they're like blogs that like, like Next Impulse have like funny stuff. But as far as like information gathering... Um, Pocket is really good for like gathering uh, articles that you like. Okay, I use Twitter the most, and, okay. and I have I, my followers are the ones I, I like for information. Okay, I need to know how to correctly go about tweeting. Okay, how personal? Like, how personal do you get? You know, well, I mean, you're 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 a trusted source on TV. People, you're an analyst. So you you have insights of the game of basketball that people don't have. So that's what we're we're watching you. We're listening to what you're saying and how you cover the game. So we feed us that. So you're saying people don't give a damn about me. They well, just no. want to know my knowledge, or maybe it's just you. No, that's not true. <laughs> it's I, just do, you. I do love you, Sherman. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's, uh, you, you don't have to like if you went to eat at um, a new sushi spot. I die because I'm allergic to seafood. But go ahead, that's okay. Excuse me. I and told you, you didn't to, like me. If you if you went to eat at a Thai food place, you know it's great. Nuts. What are you trying to do? I'm allergic nuts to nuts. Yes. Guy, what's has it always been that way? Born with it, brother. Food, seafood, and peanuts and nuts. Absolutely. Holy. Absolutely. Guy, you never had a peanut butter like a peanut butter and jam sandwich. Never. Do I lived off those? <laughs> we were, like, we were so from, I like, lived off cereal and milk. Where, where'd you live off? <laughs> cereal and milk. Cereal. Dude, I just had, I eat what I eat cereal at like I had a bowl of Captain Crunch yesterday. I'm not even lying. Three thirteen a.m. That's legit. Yeah, a big one That's, too. You had the. It's not the 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 regular bowl. Yeah, no, you I have know. a huge one. Like remember people used. Pee Wee's Playhouse. He had like everything was like huge. Absolutely. Yeah, that's I, like. Well, that's the way to eat it, man. But three thirty, that three fifteen. Three thirteen. Three thirteen. That's a problem. That is a problem because I I think I have about a hundred grams of sugar mm -hmm. and uh, like about seven thousand calories. See, but this goes back to our conversation earlier. The fact that you're eating cereal at three thirteen in the morning means that something was popping off. <laughs> From that evening until three thirty, yeah, 315, but, it, but it, didn't, it didn't end like uh, it didn't end like those nights used to end. <laughs> those nights used to end with a great sleep. <laughs> just I was like, I did my work, and now it's time to just relax. But now it's oh. ending with a bowl of watching highlights, watching friggin' uh, you know ACC highlights, <laughs> bowl of Captain Crunch. Ah, uh, Sherman, people just, only uh, knew. Yeah, you're right. People. I got. We gotta hang more, man. I'm in. I miss you, man. I miss you too. We gotta do this more often. Coming in uh, for the My Guy Monday podcast. I am blessed to have you here, and uh, please step up your tour game. And again, you guys can follow Sherman at Sherman Hamilton on Twitter for his insights of the game of basketball. 17 games left in the Raptors season, so we got. We expect at least 17 tweets from now until <laughs> April. You know, I can 15. do that. I can do that. 17 tweets. <laughs> It's his favorite day. What 
could make Cabby feel this way My guy, my guy, my guy Talking about my guy Mondays Making his debut on My Guy Mondays is a dude that I met about uh, maybe a, a dozen or so years ago here in Toronto who was one of the premier event planners in the city and in the music scene this dude is a prominent figure his name is Neil Forrester one of the best storytellers that I know and in this now he's he's moved into the MMA space and the most popular brand in MMA is UFC and he knows everybody in that space so I invited him in to talk about some fights and stuff. Neil, welcome to the Cabby Presents Podcast. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, so, Neil, uh, Johnny Hendricks in the main event for the vacated uh, belt, which was left by uh, George St. Pierre, defeats by decision, unanimous decision, Robbie Lawler. Uh, do you agree with the decision and how did you score the fight? Interesting question, Cabby. Um, I watched the fight twice. and Did I, you actually? I did. Okay. Um, the whole fight or just... The whole... Oh, I actually watched the whole fight twice and then I watched the first round for a third time. And I have come to the conclusion that Robbie Lawler, I think, should have won that fight. Really? So this is not like... 48-47. Like he won the first round, the third round, and the fourth round. I think the swing round was the first round and... and uh, but it was a close round, so it's not like it was like a. It, it wasn't anything crazy, but I, I mean, my opinion was I think he won the first round, just like I thought George St. Pierre when I first watched that fight against Hendricks. I thought that George lost the fight, but then I went back and watched the first round two more times, and I came to the conclusion that I think GSP actually pulled it off. And that's what happened last night. By the end of the fight, I thought Hendricks had it, but I, when I rewatched it, I'm like, no, I think Lawler had the first round. And, okay, so, um, so now Johnny Hendricks is now part of two. Well, I guess if you thought that GSP won the, the fight against John Hendricks and that wasn't controversial, although it was controversial because Dana White, right after the fight, was like he won four of the five rounds. And then I know that in UFC 171, which happened on Saturday night, some people were saying that it was Robbie Lawler should have won the fight. That dude has, like Carlos Condit, one of the toughest jaws I've ever seen in fighting. Who's that? Who's that? Uh, Robbie Lawler. That dude was taking punches, dude. Uh, and and, I, and I, Johnny Hendricks has knockout power with that left hand. Um, no, you, you disagree. I, I'm, I'm, I got th- excited. This I got is, excited. This is where I kind of disagree. And we, we said before we went on the air here that it would have been great to have one of my business partners, RG, here. So I'm going to tell you why. Ryan Grant, who was on a previous uh, podcast a few months ago. You can look it up on iTunes. I believe he was on a My Guy Mondays. Um, a lot of the punches that... Johnny Hendricks was throwing, were sliding off and weren't actually connecting cleanly. And I was talking to RG this morning about the fight and what I actually thought that um, Robbie Lawler played an amazing game plan going into the fifth. He just got tired, but he was doing the rope a dope, man. The sec he was standing right in front of of Johnny Hendricks, so Johnny Hendricks couldn't wind up and really connect with his punches and get in with all the power. So it prevent if you notice, he was standing right in front of him, and people were like, "He's standing there. He's standing there." But if you notice, the punches were short chip punches. They weren't really with a lot of power, and a lot of the time, the Lawler had his hands up, and he was the the punches were slipping and sliding. Don't get me wrong I'm not saying the guy can't take a punch or that Hendricks didn't connect a few times but I I think 
if you go back and you look at it and you actually analyze it like the nerd that I am that I did, you'll be like, well, you know what, though? Lawler, Lawler's had a game plan, and it was I thought it was pretty good, actually. That, that fourth round was definitely uh, an example of Ropato because Hendricks ran out of gas, and then Lawler was like... He just jumped on him like, oh my gosh, this is like Hendrick is swaying Hendricks and, and he's good, going into the into the cage and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is over. But then he caught his wind with like a minute and a half left in that fourth round and then it was it was still Lawler's round, but he survived and then went into the fifth round. Well, what happened in the fifth is just one of those things where you know they always talk about all-american wrestler you know division one ncaa wrestler and you didn't really get to see a lot of it because lawler's takedown defense was was amazing and awesome and and to be honest with you wrestling freestyle wrestling in college and in mma is completely different however i think the thing that we don't see is that hendrix just knew how to pull it out he had the heart not to say that lawler didn't have heart but i'm saying he just knew how to dig deep in the fifth and use that experience he had as a wrestler to just pull it out and just beast it through. I think that was all heart. So the reason, um, one of the reasons I, I brought you in, Neil, is because you're a great storyteller. And I remember sitting on a patio in the spring last year, and we were there for like a couple hours eating lunch, and we were just exchanging stories. And the reason Baby U, DJ Baby U, was on this podcast, I, th- I think it was in September or October, you guys can look it up on iTunes, is because you told me this great story about how Baby U was brought in to consult with Kanye West about the Watch the Throne tour. Early in the tour, and Kanye was like, he needed some guidance or another set of eyes on how to make this show great. You told this great story, and then had Baby you come in, and they used to, you listen to the podcast, you're like, Baby, you didn't tell the story the best, like the, all the details of the story. He goes, nah, that guy, he doesn't know how to tell, but you tell great stories. I, I love Baby you. I've managed him for almost 15 years. That is my boy. He is a genius with his hands but he's not the best storyteller. <laughs> and he didn't do that story justice, and I called you the next day just to vent <laughs> yes. about that. Yes. Listen, I thought he covered all the bases, but I guess there was some stuff that was missing. But for the audience that is hearing Neil's voice for the first time, to put in context, so Neil in, in Toronto was um, promoting, he, he produced these great uh, shows for like in the urban music space at the, at the beginning. So all these artists, like everybody from like the mid nineties to like, now who, who did you recently just get off tour with? Like a couple of days ago or a matter of a weeks ago? Um, I got off tour, well actually, we just finished touring because I don't really go on the road as much anymore because right. I'm too old for that. But um, this year we had J. Cole, we had Pusha T, we had Riff Raff. Um, we had a handful of other tours. I, 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 we do 300 shows a year, so I can't remember. We, I think two weeks ago, I jokingly said to some friends of mine, they asked for a contract for an event we have coming up, and I said, guys, I'm busy. I have nine shows this week, and they started making fun of me. Like, I was trying to brag. I'm like, no, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I'm really busy. Can your contract wait next week? <laughs> so we just have so much. But yeah, I mean, we, we just, I think last week we had a riffraff that just finished up, but in January, we had a good month with Pusha T and, uh, and J. Cole. So, okay, so you have that, but then also you have, now you're in like the MMA space, you're in the UFC space, where I, I'm assuming you do similar, I mean, not like concerts, but you do similar events with fighters, et cetera. I mean, you introduced yeah. me to Chris Weidman and Phil Davis, who I've had Phil Davis on the podcast, uh, and I never met him in real life, but you did, so thank you for that introduction, and Chris Weidman, who's great. So how do you, okay, so what's the difference in the world as far as how you, um, I guess, promote or, or plan events for these artists and fighters? Um, it's actually really kind of different because, uh, well, I, it isn't, it isn't. I mean, I used to be a fan of all these artists I work with when it comes to the music thing, but 
over time the business kind of takes takes over you and you you almost become less of a fan and then you you're on the outside looking in trying to promote these shows whereas with the mixed martial arts guys the ufc guys i'm a fan like I, i'm just a fan so it's i'm i'm just messaging all my friends i'm messaging all the little groups i'm a part of or that i have or guys in my gym and i and i kind of promote them you know that way and uh i've just got you know it's 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 funny because mixed martial arts even though the ufc is massive the community is still kind of small and it's still grassroots for the most part and um i think what you were trying to lead to earlier was a couple weeks ago we did an event with george st pierre it was a private event here with bacardi here in toronto and um basically the folks over at bacardi asked me you know neil you're you're one of the guys in the scene can you help us get some people out and it was just one of those things where i just messaged all my friends in my on my phone and my facebook groups and brought a few hundred people out okay so you mentioned uh, which is which is dope i wish i could have went to it but i think i was out of town or we're just not that close of uh friends where i was i was off of that list of people that you texted that's okay though. I know there'll be other there'll be other events with uh, one of the greatest fighters ever. I think you told me that. Uh, I think you were the person that told me that G GSP like before he sort of broke into the, onto the scene in MMA. He was like a bouncer in like Montreal, like at a nightclub or like several nightclubs. I think you were the one who told me that at that lunch we had like a year ago. Yeah, I, I may have been. Yeah, but he was uh, he was a doorman at, at clubs out there. In fact, one thing he did that I didn't know he's he's brought it up publicly, which I didn't know was I think he said he used to be a garbage man as well, um, and he's mentioned that in interviews. But yeah, he was a doorman at a, th a place funny enough called Fuzzy Brassards. <laughs> Fuzzy Brassards. Yeah, out in Brassard, just outside of downtown Montreal. <laughs> fuzzies. They call it fuzzies. Fuzzies. Who are? Um... Okay, here's a question. So GSP has vacated the title, which now Johnny Hendricks holds it because he won this unanimous decision over Robbie Lawler, UFC 171. Um, the UFC, I don't think, has quite crossed over yet into the mainstream. There's a white uh, middleweight champion in Chris Weidman. There's a black light heavyweight champion in John Jones. There is a female, a white female champion in Ronda Rousey. You have these three American fighters... But the sport, I don't know if it's quite crossed over into me. Why do you think that hasn't happened yet? Um, it's it's. Uh, do you want to put your phone on silent, Kevin? Yeah, I'm sorry. Please, just, uh... can we have some professionalism? <laughs> up, up until now, it's been 100 percent professional, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> if only they knew. Yeah, really, this is a tiny little booth that we're recording in here uh, in downtown To. Um, you know what? I think it just give it time. The sport's not even. I mean, realistically, the sport itself is. It's 20 years old, but in all fairness, the sport with its weight classes and rules and regulations, it's not even 10 years old. I mean, it, may, it might be 10 years old. And if you, you know, I, I'm not going to sit there and try and do the whole sales pitch like Dana White and those guys do, because that's their job. But when you look at where the sports evolved to in, in less than 10 years compared to other sports, I think it's just give it time. I mean, and the one thing that, that people have said, purists say, they're like, the one thing about mixed martial arts is that, you know, we all have fighting in our DNA and, and it resonates with different, be it cultures or, or societies or different, you know, ethnicities. I mean, and that's the beautiful thing about about fighting. Um, there was a TV show years ago that was out where these group of guys, they were actually mixed martial artists, would go to different countries to study the arts. So they'd go to Mexico for boxing. They'd go to, like, Japan for various martial arts, Korea, Africa. And you're starting to see this thing. They just signed the first ever African mixed martial arts fighter to the UFC a couple weeks ago. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a couple weeks ago. And he's from Africa. No, but I, I think, like, the sport, it is evolving. It is growing. It is getting bigger. I mean, you've got to also remember that there is this one 
like company. But I'll tell you something really fun. Sorry, getting back to there's one company which is the UFC that's really pretty much taking it, you know, taking it on themselves to to grow it. Yeah, but that's and, the, that's the Premier League. That's like yeah, the leagues, yeah. like NBA, yeah. MLB, yeah. NFL, yeah. etc. Yeah, no, and and it, I think it's just a matter of time. You're right. I agree with you. It hasn't crossed over the way like a football or a hockey is, but it doesn't have that history, that infrastructure. True. It doesn't true, have true. a lot of these things um, just yet. And to be quite honest with you, it is a little bit more from from a visual standpoint more barbaric than say the traditional sports that we're all used to watching. Yeah, Johnny Hendricks face in the fourth yeah. round though, dude. Disaster, dude. He it, it, like he look. I, I I said on Twitter, I'm like he looks like two face. Like one half of his face is face, the other half of his face is blood. Yeah, it was. It was. I thought it was funny in the room, but it wasn't. It wasn't very. It wasn't funny. To you. Like you, you reacted the way that the public reacted. Like, oh, this tweet sucks. <laughs> like I, my batting average is one for sixteen. Please continue. But but you know, I want to get back to one thing. You asked why the sport hasn't crossed over. But if you look at its growth into the countries it's been going into over the last five years, be it Canada, be it Brazil, um, and, and these other markets, even in Europe. I mean, it's it is one of the most popular sports. Uh, and most recently, what people don't know, and I'm, I'm giving some inside scoops here, but um, I like that the 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 UFC is about to make a big jump into India, um, as we all know, has over a billion people. Right. And soccer and cricket. Uh, and, it's actu- and actually, there's a statistic that although soccer and cricket are the two most dominant sports in India, the most dominant sport, the the fastest rising in popularity sport in India for for teenagers and young adults is mixed martial arts. Really? Yeah, it is. And so the UFC actually there's a there's a, there's a video on YouTube that's that somebody from the UFC sent me um, of Lorenzo Fertitta saying that is going to be the market that they want to go to and penetrate the most over the next two years because of one its sheer popularity as well as just the fact that um, it's such a big market. Shout out to all the doll seams over there. Street Fighter Two reference. Okay, you, were, you never played Street Fighter Two, dude. I think Remember I played Dalsim? it the other day. The dude with like Dalsim. the yeah, yeah, or yeah. Da, or maybe I'm Dalsim. I I don't think anybody really knew how to say his name or Zangief. Is it Zangief? Is it Zangief? I, I don't know, but Dalsim is what we used to say. Yeah, Dal, yeah, I said Dalsim, but yeah, the dude with like the super skinny legs and the super skinny arms. Is it next? John Jones fights. Is it the end of April or is it end of April? Yeah, and so you, and your buddy Phil Davis is on the same card, right? UFC one seventy two. And John Jones fighting Glover Teixeira. Correct. And Phil Davis, I don't know who he's fighting. He's fighting an animal named Anthony Johnson, who used to be in the UFC at 170 pounds. I think he made weight once, but showed up overweight. And now he's fighting at 205 pounds. He walks around at 230 pounds. And he used to cut to 170 pounds. Really? He's 60 pounds. 60 That's like pounds. not, po- well, I mean, it's he, it, it's... he made it once, and the other three times he didn't make weight. So they cut him, and... He they cut him and he's just been knocking everybody out. So they brought him back and said, "This is your natural weight. You're a 205 or you're not a 170 pounder." See the thing is, all these fighters they try and it's it's like they try and cut as much weight as they possibly can, just to get that unfair advantage, and sometimes it's just too much. Like like Johnny Hendricks walks around at 225. Does he? 225, dude. Yeah. 225. Oh gosh, wow. Yeah. But don't. It's 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 insane, but I mean Johnny Andrews like five nine. Yeah, like that's a big dude. Yeah, he's a big boy. I know him actually. He's a big boy. Just, just he's not even big. He's just solid, like just a brick. Like dude, what is, what is Tyrone what, Tyrone Woodley uh, walk around at? I knew T Wood as well. He's he's uh I don't know what he walks that around made at, out but of marble. Yeah, <laughs> like just Google that dude. Google image Tyrone Woodley. That guy is 
He's like a thoroughbred yeah. friggin' you'll see like the the way that his muscle fibers, his muscle definition is like you'll see the Kentucky Derby. Just like a specimen of just beauty, <laughs> dude. Like I, I, felt, like <laughs> that, I felt that in my back when I was describing it. Like the the slow mo and in slow motion I think in, in fighting is like the best of the sports that uh, that we see in slow motion, but just because you see the, the muscles, the, the muscles just rippling, and then just the contact and the blood splurting out of a of a orifice, it's just beautiful. You know, <laughs> in a poetic way, <laughs> I, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> but even even more even more, I got to hook you up just so you can feel this because I, I'm I, I've known Cabby when he was just a casual MMA fan. And now he's talking about it like he's getting it. He's loving it. Yeah, I'm getting so, into it. So the next evolution for this is I need to get you to do a training session one day with one of these legit guys. And, and no, it's too embarrassing. No, 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 no. I will, I'll make he's sure. Punching all my fat, my we, back fat. We won't do any of that. But what I need you to experience, which I've experienced the hard way is, and I, and I train. I've been training for years. And I, I joke around with some of these UFC guys because they're legitimately friends. They've been to my house. I've been to their houses. Like, we're friends. And I, I, that's why I'm into it so much. Like these guys, we're, we, be, we grow bonds. Like I was in San Francisco this summer and I was with Cain Velasquez and his wife and his daughter and we went to the football game together. Like we're friends. So that being said, we joke around. You know, we'll, we'll be out one night, have a few drinks, we'll start wrestling. When, when these guys get a hold of you, you don't understand. You can see how how sculpted they are but they have a core strength and muscles on the inside that don't resonate to the outside of their body right where you just go holy frig this is insane like it, it's unbelievable did, wait you did you try to wrestle with Kane Velasquez no no that, no you no. talk about that guy's a beast no 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 not Kane but like uh, I wrestled with with Gray Maynard Gray Maynard and Rashad Evans went to uh, Michigan State together. He was an All-American. He was he fought Frank Edgar. He's like one of the number one contenders at 155 pounds. He walks around at 185 pounds, and he just he just grabbed me one day. We were just messing around. And, and, grabbed you how? Like from like, like a headlock? Like, or no, from no, behind? not a head, like 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 a bear hug. Like a bear like, hug. Like a bear hug. Like, but like chest to chest. Chest or? to chest. <laughs> okay. Chest to chest. Right. Yeah. And he, and he and he you know, he grabbed me like this and. And I was kind of grabbing him, and I just, I just felt muscles. I didn't know. I don't even think they exist. I think they just, they, they just came out of nowhere. And that's when you just start to realize, wow, these guys are super freaks, man. And and it's really unfair because you know we as fans, we watch it, them in the cage, and they're doing their thing, but we have no idea how like strong these guys are. Okay, wait, Neil, so what happened? You, like, what, are you guys the same heights? Were you guys looking at oh, each no, other we in were, the eyes? I was like an inch tall. Yeah, you we were it? like buzzed and bear hugging on the dance floor <laughs> of like Republic nightclub. And, and, Did he try to lift you in the air? Uh, no, it was one of those things where it's like, you know when you're younger and you're, you get in trouble and your dad doesn't, do, he doesn't really discipline you. He just looks at you and you know, don't ever do that again. Yeah. Well, he, it was one of those like bear hugs like, I'm going to squeeze you for two seconds so you know. <laughs> I'm going to look you in the eye, and you're going to know. And that's exactly what happened. He just gra- he, so you were messing with him, and he just had to prove to oh, you like, yeah. not to F with him. Well, in a friendly way. He was yeah. just like, okay, Neil, like, we can joke around when it's the two of us, but like, just know at any time, if I want to, I can kill you with my bare hands. Dude, I once, I once asked GSP this, this uh, question in an interview, which I had to cut out. 
I, when I sent it to the boss, the bosses who review all my segments on on TSN, which are called Cabbie Presents. But I did an interview with with uh, George Saint Pierre, which at the end of the interview he threw me a Hadouken and I exploded. I, I saw that. I saw that. Thank you. So it. So the part you didn't see, I was like, Hey George, how long would it take you to kill a human? Like like the actual the elapsed time. He's like, he's like and he has like broken English. He's he's from uh, some remote place in uh, in uh, Quebec. He's like uh, to actually uh, kill a guy. I shouldn't do the accent because it's terrible. Uh, and he's actually considering how long. He goes well. At first, I would inflict the pain, but for him to you know collapse and agonize and die, <laughs> I don't know, uh, maybe two minutes. Oh, <laughs> I was I was, I was laughing. I'm like this is amazing. And then I included in the clip for the bosses to review. They're like we can't air this part about him killing somebody uh, on TV. I'm like, man. Did, did you ever see that video in Austin, Texas from a couple years ago where there was a, an offensive lineman, I think he was from like Texas A&M or something, and he hit a girl. Oh, and, what? And, and, then, and then they didn't show that part. Okay. But then they show the part where Roger Huerta, who used to be a UFC fighter, who's now fighting in another league out in like Asia, just rips off his shirt and goes, why don't you hit a guy? And Roger Huerta is about, a, he's a friend of mine as well, he's about 175 pounds. Okay. This guy was about 275. The big guy. The big guy. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, a this car, is on YouTube? It's on YouTube. Okay. A car, World star. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. A car, for some reason, you've got to see this video because it's insane. A car drives by the scene. So Roger Huerta darts after the guy, runs after him. As he runs after him, a car is driving by on the street. And when the car passes, it, it's like two seconds. When the car drives by, you look, on, you're looking at the uh, the video, and the offensive lineman guy's laid out cold, and you, we don't know what Roger did. So wait, did the guy fall? No, he was out cold. Roger Huerta just ran at him, and like we don't know what he did because the stupid car was in the way right when they right when Roger Huerta connected with the guy. But whatever Roger did, like laid this offensive lineman out cold in the street. And uh, it was all over the net. I mean, you could just Google Roger I'm, Huerta I'm gonna, street I'm gonna, fight. I'm going to Google, Google or, or YouTube Roger Huerta street fight, and you'll see it, and you'll just be like, wow. And this this guy, big football player. The internet is 25, Neil. Internet uh, is 25. I, when, when I was in high school, when I was in the 11th grade, I'm going to date myself a little bit. My mom once told me when I was in my room, I probably wasn't doing homework, but I was pretending to do some homework. She's like, you should invest in companies that do the World Wide Web. I'm like, what do you mean that do the World Wide Web? Is she serious? Web? Is this she said the serious? World Wide Web, yeah. This is in 94. I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean we're investing them? She's like, there's a, she said, there's a network of computers that are around the world and you should find companies that are doing this, the World Wide Web. I'm like, mom, I'm 17. <laughs> I have a job at Canadian Tire, okay? Or actually, at the time, sorry, I'm 16. I had a job at Beaver Lumber. Oh, wow. Old I was school. working at a hardware store making, I think, Beaver it was five sixty-five an hour. Beaver lumber. Maybe, maybe six dollars an hour. Look, what can I invest in? My paychecks are at the most one hundred eighty bucks, which were like Friday nights. I was like bawling. I was like, "Yo, Done. you guys want Taco Bell? I got Taco Bell." And so the internet's twenty-five. And of all the wonderful things the internet has brought into our lives is YouTube, and you mentioned it, uh, the, what's the, Huerta? Roger Huerta. Roger Huerta video, which I will uh, Google shortly. Um, and I know this is like an impossible task, but what are like the, your three favorite YouTube videos? Um, yeah, that is an impossible task. Okay, but, but okay. I have one video that I recently saw that sticks out that I just, I actually, I like copy and paste the link, and every so often I just look at it because it just blows my mind how 
creative, how beautiful, how amazing, how insane it is. And I don't even know the name of the video, but... What? I thought you copied and pasted the link, dude. Yeah, but it was like a YouTube link. It didn't really have a name. I, yeah, but once the video pops up, the name is there. I, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to it then. Sorry. Sorry. What? Okay, well, how but it's are the people video, to see this? I don't know. Um... I don't know how they can see it, <laughs> but it's a really good video. Of what? It, it's basically a three-minute video, and you may have seen it because it's popular. It's got a few million views. It's a video of all these like guys who do like extreme sports, like they jump. It's a Red Bull video. It's but it's not a red. That's it's not a branded video. There was no brand atta attached yeah, to it. Yeah, but that's how Red Bull is. It wasn't Red Bull. It wasn't Red Bull because oh, was, it was oh, I know what you're talking about. It's like why humanity is great. One of those. It was just like some like I've the best, the, the best, the best, the best three minutes you'll see, and it's guys like jumping off of a cliff on a snowmobile, like two hundred feet, and then guys like doing like parkour, and yeah, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. insane, insane feats of like unbelievable stuff. And yeah, I, yeah, I've seen those. And it's it's over music, and yeah, I mean, it, there's that, but you know what? Another thing that this is gonna sound really sappy, but a couple months, about a month ago. I don't don't even ask me how I got onto this this link that's on what, YouTube. That's, that's what YouTube is. Yeah, that's it's, what YouTube it's a rabbit hole. Like, you go, like, you yeah, go yeah, down yeah. and just keep going down and down and down and then just like Wikipedia, I'll Google like an old school wrestler. <laughs> like just Google your favorite old like Ivan Koloff or something like. <laughs> like I, I used to like Macho Man. Savage. Okay, so you Google Macho Man, and then it'll lead you to like Lanny Poffo, to Jerry Lawler, to like, and then it, next thing you know, you're reading about like just you're there for two hours. I've done it. I've done it twice now. Um, Funny enough, nothing is nothing. That's it. I just heard that recently. Nothing is nothing. He's talking to Mean Gene at, at uh, WrestleMania three. Well, it's, it's so, President Jack Tunney. That's how long ago. What it was. the old god? Yeah, Jack Tunney was president of WWF. Back the then. only fond memory I have of my dad when I was a kid. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, was every two weeks going to Maple Leaf Gardens. You were at the Maple Leaf Wrestling. Billy Red Lions, Jack wow, Tunney. I'm so jealous of you, dude. dude that was... I only used to see it on TV. Nah, man, you're missing out. I was. Yeah, I did my, miss out. My my and the funny thing is now my son's like ten, so he's kind of into it, but I'm not letting him get into it because. There's the UFC and wrestling's fake and why yeah. would you watch this? And to be honest with you, like I'm an old school dude, so like to me these wrestlers and and it's unfair because I don't really watch it, but I'm like I'm hating on them. I'm like, who cares about these guys? Who cares about the Miz? You want the real deal? Come sit down, so we're gonna watch vintage WWE. That must be so boring for him. Oh, he loves it. Does he? He already he's starting to know now. He now he's getting it now because you know what? Though my son <laughs> the and I are, are all like so simple and it's like there's no theatrics. 10, yeah, but when they were dude. From way back when, my son, listen, my son and I are close, and I think it's one of those things where he sees me get, like, I still get into it. I'm like, oh my God. I'm, t I'm texting my friends, and we're going off, and I think he sees it. He just, he loved it. Like, the other day, they were showing the best of Ultimate Warrior. My son walked in the room and goes, it's Ultimate Warrior, Dad. It's Ultimate Warrior. Did Dad, did Warrior ever fight Goldberg? Dad, did, did Warrior ever fight? And he's asking is Warrior questions. still alive? He is, yeah. He's a, he's a preacher. He's a minister. That's what I'm saying. Did Wikipedia Ultimate Warrior, and then it has links to his website. He's a preacher. Wow. And then it, so is Nikita Koloff, and then it just, so is Ted DiBiase. It's crazy, man. Ted DiBiase is also a minister? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I, I interrupted your second. You're going to go to a second video. You did. So let's go. Yeah, we got, so uh, anyways, I got caught up about a month ago watching these videos of like... Like, I got emotional, bro. I had to get Kleenex. About what? Of these guys 
soldiers returning from war and surprising their loved ones. With, oh, okay. And like, yeah, those are those there, are. There's got to be 200 of them on YouTube, and I it would be like a minute, and this 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 girl's like a cheerleader, and then she's about to do the cheer, and she sees her dad, and she just loses it, and she runs down the the length of the the field, and then there's just talking about it, I'm like thinking oh man that's deep stuff it was amazing <laughs> so wait, in the history really of YouTube that. it's the, the, those I've, those yeah. like re reuniting videos that touches your heartstrings yeah, yeah. and then it's like these amazing feats of like yeah. athleticism and, and adventure sports these these compilation videos and, the those, other, and there's one other and I only it, picked YouTube because YouTube's the most popular brand and it's something that a lot of people could just like in, in many ways YouTube is its own generation of the internet it's, it's an it's own era of the internet I'm trying not to be like Mr. World Star, because I think that's a whole other issue in itself. But like the <laughs> last year, so good, dude, it is so good. <laughs> like it's it's it's, it's, it's the but I'm it's not like the worst of humanity. But, and, and I'm not, and I'm not going to endorse it. <laughs> <laughs> I just did. But I it's a did. but it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah, hundred percent. But I, in the last year, I've had this like real like I've become real deep and like re like. I'm just like really into good stuff, like being good to people and okay, charity work. With and the spiritual I'm very Forrester. spiritual. The last year, it's really weird. It's not weird. It's just it just it's happened. So another set of videos that I like because it's really hard to pick three specific videos, but is I just like watching videos of people that do good acts and do good stuff. So what I did is three weeks ago. It's going to be a cheap plug, but I just started a thing. Just it was just for me just called Feel Good Fridays and I would post good videos on Fridays of people doing good, good things about humanity or positive oh, like stories. That, or like there was one where like, it was the one where uh, it was emotional. You probably seen it because you're a sports guy where um, with LeBron James where there was, they, they, were, they were at an event where they were honoring a kid and LeBron got up to talk about it and LeBron was getting all choked up because he has two sons and it was about a story about these two kids. Actually, I've never seen this one. I I got, I, you got to see it, man. It was just so emotional and um, it, it was stuff like that. I mean, it really strikes a chord with you and, but I like videos like that. Oh, I like I like cool. I like okay. videos that have because there's so much, dude. I can, every morning I go on Facebook for ten minutes. I see just whatever's on there, and ninety percent of like the news feeds is all just crap. World Star and everything like a fight at the bar on the weekend or yeah, like yeah. some crazy stuff, which is great. But then just, you'll get you'll get that one. Post, you'll get that which is one. Upworthy. And and you, you know, know what? you know that website Upworthy that has the they that's have, the one. Yeah, that's, yeah. I love Upworthy. Human human interest stories yeah. and stories about humanity. That's, yes, the, Upworthy. I'll go on that site. There's a couple. There's another one called. Uh, something like Christian Vine or something like that but okay. there's a couple of them like that but yeah like you'll get that one and you're like you know what man I don't know if it's the if I've gotten soft at my old age you but it's like soft. I, I, your muscles are hard but your, your heart is I, soft I, I, I need to I need to share this man we need more positivity out there so uh, that's been like my, my stuff lately bringing positivity to my guy Mondays Neil Forcer on Twitter although his account is protected uh, it is at <laughs> Neil Forrester, one R N E I L F O R E S T E R. If you want to follow and and get, be a part of hashtag Feel Good Fridays, I am actually going to be a part of that because I, I I that would I, be huge. I, I follow your follow your feed and I'll start retweeting no, that, some of your, be huge. your wonderful uh, tweets. Listen, thank you so much for coming in talking about the UFC. Another time, we're just going to do this for like ninety minutes where we just go story for story. That would be the fun. The ones man. that you can tell. I really had fun that last lunch. Like it so was, the, it was so un. The stories were so unplanned because we were meeting about a different purpose. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even get into it. We just started throwing stories and vibing, and then the whole baby you thing came sprung of it. So yeah, man, that was fun. Actually, it's it's spring soon, so we we're due for another we, lunch. We definitely are due for another lunch, uh, and you are due for another appearance here on Cabby Presents very soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast.